Hello, friends. Welcome to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. I'm your host, Anthony Pavlich. Thanks for joining me today. Um, appreciate you being here for this episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about world building. Um, it was great in our last um, episode. We were able to, well, I was able to share with you um, a little bit of the story that I've been building in the um, Star Wars universe. Um, I guess you could say it's kind of a fan fiction. Um, it started off as a short, short film. Um, and I think I'd shared, uh, the short film version and then a version of kind of the same little short story in a different, um, format, um, because I'd presented it on stage. So it was a little more dynamic. So it could give the actors a little bit more dialogue and a little bit more, um, um, I guess display or it allow the audience to see a little bit more because with the short film you know it's more it's more visually expressive so there wasn't really much dialogue at all and then it was really just more images um that were intercutting into different landscapes and different little scenes um as opposed to the one that i did on stage was more of just you know one one scene one location um having some action play out um, so it was great to share that with you. I appreciate you um, entertaining me. Um, it had also been a while since I had uh, revisited that material. So it was great to kind of just get back into it. And then afterwards, I started thinking more about it. Um, the funny thing was I realized that I had named the character Cal. And it was before the um, video game um, Jedi, um, what is it, Fallen Order, Star Wars Fallen Order came out. Um, and in that, the protagonist is named Cal, um, but he spelled it, um, it's spelled uh, C-A-L. And mine, I'd spelled K-A-L. So it, it was really, it was really kind of funny that um, I had created before that story came out. And then, so I've been thinking, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably need to rename the character. So when I'm thinking about characters or just stories in general, a lot of times what happens is at least for me and my experience, it's been a lot of scenes. So that story came about because I just visualized the scene, the, the, or just an image probably of as best to describe it of the body falling, you know, from the sky, just falling towards the earth. And I just kind of really liked that scene in my, you know, I, I saw it and kind of gravitated towards it. And just started kind of building little strings from that. Like, who's who's falling? Um, why are they falling? Um, are they alive? Is it uh, is the character <laughs> gone, or is it just the characters, you know, unconscious? Or and then just start kind of building out, you know, what's what, what's happening? And then it kind of just start started those ideas started forming, and you know, writing those out or thinking about them and. Yeah, maybe the person, um, I think, I think I thought of they, yeah, were unconscious, but maybe they had expended a, a vast amount of energy and were just falling. And then this idea of this character who, you know, cause I really did, I know there's, there's been some stories and some, you know, um, delving oh, what's the word i'm looking for 
um, just some thoughts and like stories and ideas and characters that have shown up that display this sort of um, theory of the great Jedi. Um, and I don't know too much about some of the ones that are already been established. Um, technically, I think not any of them are canon at this point. Um, I think there might be some that have been touched upon a little bit in the comic books, but I feel for the most part when Star Wars um, was taken over by Disney, I think what they did was there was a big reset um, that happened to all the stories that happened in the extended universe um, or is expanded. I should look that up. I always forget. <laughs> I always forget whether it's extended or um, expanded. And I know that I've always had this issue because <laughs> every time that I say it, I've looked it up and then I just completely um, forget. Um, so let's actually take a look at that because expanded. Yeah. So that's what it was expanded universe. So the EU, um, I should just refer to it as the EU. <laughs> um, so basically there was this huge collection of stories that had been built and established in the expanded universe. And then when, um, yeah, the whole switchover happened after Star Wars was absorbed by Disney. They kind of did a reset. So I think at first they basically disowned all the expanded universe. Like none of it had happened because they wanted to basically build their own continuity or new continuity um, and canon. And then I think at that point, I think there was kind of an uproar. <laughs> Because, I mean, there were so many great stories and um, just wonderful, you know, trilogies and just wonderful work in, the, in that, in that uh, expanded universe that I think a lot of it just kind of got, um, they, they then retagged it as uh, Star Wars Legends. So it wasn't essentially disowned, but just more of that wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the part of the plan. They didn't want to inherit it. Um, at, with their plans going forward with uh, Star Wars. Um, apologies, not sure why I started on that. Um, I was getting to a point. <laughs> but anyways, I think there's there was this really cool idea, of, or that's what I, what I was trying to tie into is, I think there was a lot of, there were some stories that touched a little bit on the, the, the concept of the great Jedi or Jedis that had actually um probably been part of the dark side and then you know came over to the li the light side um so they had kind of this um duality or connection with both sides of the force and so that always kind of fascinated me um i think there's some notable notable jedi and sith that have been in that category um and i just there was something about it that always kind of fascinated me about you know, just playing, being able to play against the good, the bad, or the good and the evil, um, the light and the dark. And if somebody could harness that power, you know, what, again, I think that it just all comes back to the, the similar theme that I feel like has been tied to um, all of my work is this this idea of potential. A human potential and this just 
this thing that lies within each one of ourselves that I think is just untapped. Or a lot of times we either dismiss it or we struggle to uh, reconcile with it or we don't connect fully with it um, because of a variety of different things. You know, it could be insecurities, it could be trauma, it could be self-talk, it could be so many things that we try to navigate through in this life that just limits us or I wouldn't say necessarily um, limits us, but just maybe we, we might be just lost from or to. Um, and I just, I found that very fascinating. So I kind of wanted a character that I could see dealing with that struggle of you know, the pull of the dark side, but it's trying to remain, you know, untainted or pure um, or uncorrupted. It's probably the best way of saying it um, by the the temptation of, of power. Because um, that's the whole thing, right? The dark side is, you know, uh, tapping into a reservoir of just unlimited power. And a lot of times the light side is saying that you need to guard against that temptation because while you may have, it may grant you power, you know, it's, there's a price to be paid for that power. Um, and a lot of times it's unchecked, but I always like playing with, again, it goes back to the things that I've talked about in these episodes about, you know, tension, obstacle, dilemma, um, giving characters just circumstances that make them question their beliefs, question their situations, their circumstances, and with the hope of them, you know, hopefully, yeah, um, becoming a better version of themselves and unlocking their full potential. So that's kind of cool, I think. <laughs> um so yeah, it's kind of tough with world building because I feel like a lot of times you're you're creating the landscape, you're creating the rules that will dictate the struggles that these characters go through. Um and so it can be challenging because you're trying to establish something that's let's let's be honest, not real. So you're trying to create something that can be relatable you know you don't want to create something that's well i shouldn't say you don't want to create something that's so fantastical out of the world out of this world but you know it's very challenging to find the right balance of structure and chaos you know allowing the creativity to run wild but um, putting it in a structure that allows your character to navigate through but then also to your reader you know when you think about some of the greats um like tolkien um, and some of these other amazing writers that have just created this entire worlds and universes, it's pretty daunting, you know, but you, as a reader, you just become, it allows you to become immersed in that fantasy. Um, so it's a very difficult thing to do. And I guess the cheat with an established universe is you have some of the rules already in place, um, or just some of the, the foundation. Um, is laid out for you. Um, so in some ways it's kind of great because you can 
weave stories out out of that established history. Um, so I found that kind of fascinating. So, but no, I've just been trying to think more about the character, um, the history of the character, what is driving the character. Um, and I'll either try to like rot, uh, jot them down in like notes. Um, sometimes I'll let the scenes kind of inform me. Again, a lot of times I've noticed that I'll have a collection of scenes in my head and I'll just write out the scenes and then maybe I'll go back to, you know, writing on an outline of, of a character brief, or maybe I'll just start kind of, I guess, word vomit is one way where I'm just kind of regurgitating all the stuff that's in my head just onto a page just so I have it. Um, so I think that's kind of where the dynamic of that this character and his loved one is from a tribe or they were part of a tribe still trying to determine if it's something they grew up into or they were um, indoctrinated in from somewhere or maybe they were taken from their homeland and they were brought here um, one of the concepts I started playing around with is maybe these tribes are utilizing them for their powers in some way was it they're using them as an energy source so they're that's why they use the collars to limit their dampen their ability to use the powers on them, but it's a way for them to you know, type of control. Um, but then because they're using it for some other purpose, nefarious purpose, or whether it's to keep their civilization alive. So all these thoughts are running through my head um, and kind of think about his end game. Like, what does he want to do? Is he an incredibly powerful user and, you know, if he lost a loved one or loved ones, like what, what is the driving force? Because again, if, the, if, if there's no strong purpose to the character and what they want, then your audience is, isn't going to be very invested. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched something or read something and I'm just at midway point or even like early in or definitely at the end. I just recently experienced that at the end. I just was... I was just completely angry. <laughs> like, why did I watch all these people do just these horrible thing, things that just they either didn't learn from or it just seemed like they got, they just, I think that's what tr that tr really rubbed me the wrong way with WandaVision is that here she did such um, an incredibly, um, uh, rude was the name the word that came, but it's not strong enough. She just deplorable, deplorable thing to this entire town by enslaving them and basically just taking over these people against their will. And there was no reper repercussions um, for that. You know, she just kind of, they, they kind of glossed over it. I felt like as writers and then because I think part of it was a combination of where, they were just using that as a plot point to maybe drive her narrative or I guess that's the thing. It's like, there was no, I, it's right now I think we got on another tangent because <laughs> again, this is one of the things that really started me on the train of, of getting off, off the, um, or sorry, I shouldn't even say it. it's a train. It's just, I was getting off the train, the MCU because, there was no, it was almost, it, it seemed like the entire show was 
although it was it was a, a wonderful buildup. There was a lot of mystery in those first episodes. We were getting into a different. It just it had a, a different tone that we were used to, and it felt like it was really uh, humming along, and just felt like that payoff was so insubstantial to what had been built up. So again, going back to the intention and the obstacles, she was, the intention was she was trying to, I guess, work through the grief and of, you know, losing vision and what she'd also been subjected to before which, you know, some could argue she was taken over in a way. So it was almost like her own version of personification and the manifestation of her own inner um, trauma that she then inflicted on this town. But then when she comes out of it after the, the fight with Agatha, she's then almost rewarded with this... Um, connection to her powers. So it was almost like she was able to metabolize her uh, grief or her expression of grief in that moment, but then it was never resolved or there was never any consequence for that um, deplorable act that she had on those other people. And so then she just kind of like went away. And she's like, okay, I'm gone. And while there there was like maybe I think one word from uh, Monica Rambo who said about they're not going to know what she did and blah, blah, blah. It was almost like they were giving her a pass for doing what she did. And I think it was because they knew that there was going to be a turn in Doctor Strange. So she wasn't getting such a strong... It was a slap on the wrist because her quote unquote consequential uh, rebuttal wasn't going to happen until later. And I thought that was just poor. I thought it was just just bad execution from being able to tell a contained story because you had a lot more episodes to do so or a lot more time to do so just so you could tie it into the next event. Um, that was one of the big things. And so it, it's that type of thing where I want to be able to, you can have characters that you dislike, but as long as you respect those characters, at least their choices, um, then I think you can be, you, as an audience member, you can get more out of the experience because you're invested and you're relate, they're relatable. And I think that's the biggest thing, the investment, because you're no matter what medium you're telling whoever it is to take this journey with you, this story to to spend their time, their effort, their fandom, um, their energy into. To take this 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 road with you, this this experience, there, there should be a payoff, you know, you, you should not dismiss your audience so frivolously and uh, because of something that isn't artistically true with the content that you're creating now again we can that's we're gonna have a whole discussion on the business aspect of creativity and yeah that's that's a completely different rabbit hole and there is obviously legitimacy with that because 
a lot of these productions do take, you know, monetary <laughs> resources. But anyways, the whole point is, is, you know, I constantly think about characters and that are truthful, that are authentic, because if you at least respect the auth- the authent- authenticity of their actions, then you could go anywhere with the character. Um, and I think that's where a lot of narratives struggle sometimes, or at least from at least for me in my experience when I you know take in some of these narratives that they lose value with me because I don't respect the choices that these characters sometimes make. Um, again, they don't have to make choices that, again, I'm not saying that they make choices that I have to agree with, but if they are coming from a place of authenticity, that they're coming from a place of genuine, um, realness to that character, then I can, I can buy into it. Um, and I think also too, There's there's something to be said about I think that's why I gravitate a lot towards the potential in people or in my in the as a theme of a lot of my work is because I think we are either told or more importantly conditioned, especially in our society here in the West, that it's very decisive or it's or div- divisive, I should say, or it's very um, negative when I think there is so much potential in each one of us that is, is, is much more positive in the sense that not, it's not to say that struggle doesn't happen, that trauma will never happen, that suffering will never happen but that we are amazingly resilient beings that have a a power and an energy within ourselves that allows us to overcome all of this. And I think that's what's much more fascinating for me is not seeing us completely beat down or or, um, the negative aspects of ourselves or the negative actions and choices that we can we make and we do make, but that we have an amazing resilience to over, overcome these mistakes, overcome this failure, overcome. Um, I don't mean failure and as a even failure as a bad term, but failure as being able to. Um, uh, screw up to not live up to our potential and still have the ability to, to get up, to stand up and to take that next step forward. And that's why I just, uh, so I think about this character and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a, a, a story or a history that can connect this character to his humanity. And if you can connect to that character's humanity, then you can connect to everybody because that is within all of us that we we are a collective we are a conscious and an unconscious collective that we're all tied in together and that we can see that 
if we can see that humanity in another person, I, I just hope that we that whatever work that we're doing allows that reflection back to them. It's like, oh, I have felt that's that um, thing that this character is dealing with. I have felt that before. And if I can, if this character can, that I can relate to, that I, I share commonality with, then I can overcome uh, this situation too. Um, yeah. So I think that's where a lot of the great world builders start with is, yeah, there's all the, the aesthetics and there's all the stuff that uh, the toys and the environments and the details that you can play with. But I think so much of it is, is elevated or really seeps into our bones is because it, it's tied into either in those details, um, there's elements of humanity or it's the characters that inhabit that world the, with their humanity or make it human or make it personal that that way we can have, we connect to it very deeply. Um, and so I think that's where um, a lot of greats um, come from. And I think that's how the authenticity of it comes from, because again, it's, it's tied and it's rooted to um, the underlying, you know, well of humanity, which is, I, I feel like is unlimited. Um, and it is, it's just can be drawn upon, uh, endlessly. Um, so that's been some of the things I've been thinking about. <laughs> no, it's kind of heavy. Um, I hope I articulated a little bit, um, better than, um, I may have worried that I didn't. Um, but it's just, it's kind of like my thought process. It's sometimes I feel like this episode and others are just more of kind of a stream of consciousness. You know, a lot of times as, as a creative, you know, not just, just me as Anthony, as a person, I'm, I'm very analytical. So I'm constantly in my head all the time. And so sometimes I either don't verbalize it or, you know, uh, it's it, sometimes I feel, I feel like I'm in a vacuum, you know, I'm just, you know, thinking all these thoughts all day, every day. And, you know, this is kind of almost like a living, like I've, I've said before, it's kind of a living journal where I'm kind of regurgitating some of these thoughts and putting them down. And, you know, it's a conversation with you, uh, the audience, but it's also, you know, it's just me speaking into a microphone. <laughs> so I don't get the, uh, the discord, you know, all the time from, from others um which is fine because again it's just it's just kind of where my mind goes you know i just kind of talk about these things and trying to navigate through them but i think it's been very very enjoyable so um yeah um let's see i was trying to think of there was another point that i wanted to make I think with this um, tied into a little bit of what we were talking about with the uh, Star Wars. Um, I think it might have been part of because I'm trying to create a story outside of this that's its own universe. And I think I probably like this one because I'm 
it's almost like a, uh, it's an experiment. It's like a test bed. Um, and I get to kind of use it as a playground because the world is established. There is a familiar universe. And um, maybe before I get too much deeper in this, let's take a short um, break uh, so we can listen to a message from the Ruminations Radio Network, and then we'll dive back into it. So we'll be right back. You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts! And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. Appreciate you being here. Um, so, yeah, so I think what I was, the, the point I was going to tie into was, I think what was really great about utilizing this story, uh, the Star Wars story that um, I'm constructing and thinking about, is that it allows me to uh, play in a, in a world that's a familiar universe that where a lot of things are already established. So that way I can kind of use it as a test bed or almost like a, an experiment to uh, get my feet wet, so to speak, because the story that my novels are based in is really its own universe. So there's a lot more world building that I need to construct on my own uh, for that series of stories. So. This allows me to kind of play in a playground that's like set where it gives me some experience. So that way, when I jump, when I go back or, you know, when I work in the other pond, the other ocean, I should say, um, it allows, you know, I guess it's just more practice. Um, and I think, again, too, it's like I, li- I like the universe, the Star Wars universe. And I feel like there's so many great stories that can be told. Um, again, when referencing the expanded universe, I enjoyed so many stories out of that um, that period of time, that era, because they were just they're riveting. Uh, some of them they were just fascinating, and you got to see uh, characters that you'd either grown up with or had experience with, and history with, and and new adventures, and uh, meet new characters. In fact, one I'm actually rereading the the Mandalorian Wars. Um, which was a three-part. Let's see, I'll, I'll, I'll actually pull it up here so I can reference it properly. Um, sorry, the uh, it wasn't the Mandalorian Wars. It was the uh, the Mandalorian armor, and it was basically. I, I think I had mentioned it in a, in a previous episode. This was book one, the Mandalorian armor. Or <laughs> all right, so it was the Bounty Hunter Wars. Okay, so that was correct. And then book book one was the Mandalorian armor. And then there was two other books after that. Uh, so, for you know, excuse me for the uh, the mix up. Um, but this was the book that brought Boba Fett back from out of the Sarlacc pit um, in Return of the Jedi. So, I'm actually rereading this series because you know I really enjoyed it as as a young a young person. I can't remember actually win because it came out in 98 so i think i didn't pick it up until i want to say i had to have been maybe in my teens early teens before i was exposed to it um but i i freaking loved it and so it's really interesting you know rereading it again um 
it's just, it's great. You know, you're following, uh, it's focusing on Bubba Fett, obviously, and Dengar, the bounty hunter, was the one that found Bubba Fett. Um, and then there's this whole kind of conspiracy going on where um, Bubba Fett is trying to be taken out. He's got essentially a bounty on, on his head. Um, and then, or at least, it kind of time jumps a little bit. There was There was a time where they started looking at before um, where the book takes place and then now. And so it's, it's kind of tying in two timelines um, during this whole trilogy. It just, I just thought it was really fascinating. Uh, you know, we were experienced uh, Prince uh, Vizor, who is part of this kind of power play that he's trying to build his empire. Um, and he's, you know, he's trying to navigate his way through the politics of the emperor and Darth Vader, uh, because he's basically, um, he's running the black sun, which is the organization that, um, was part of, of another series of book books, um, that I think was part of the, um, oh, forgetting the name of it. It was the, um, shadow of the empires. Um, that also there was a book made out of that, and then um, subsequently video game. Um, so yeah, so it's just there's just been great stories um, in that universe, and um, I want to kind of explore more stories like that. And you know, I, I felt like this could be a really cool, cool um, a journey for this character, you know, I have to do a little bit more and also do some of the things that I've been thinking about is, you know, trying to look at some of the other stories that have been done or at least tied into or, or, or speak to this kind of gray Jedi. Um, because I think, I think there's, there's a lot of stuff there's, there's wonderful stories that, uh, that can be told, you know, within that universe. And, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to construct. So you know, thinking about this character's backstory, but ultimately again, like, what does he want? What is? Why are we? Why are we following this character? Um, that's always on always on my mind. I mean, I'm battling it all the time with uh, the James Bond script. Is like, why are we following James Bond? Like in this in this story in this mission? Like, you know, what is what is what is what do I ultimately want to say? Um, and more importantly, too, like what what I want the the main antagonist to say too, you know, the the villain, so to speak. What what do I want them to say? What is their? Because I feel like so many villains are just again plot points. They're just put in there just to be a foil to the protagonist, but they don't really do anything. You know, there's there's no there's no uh, urgency. There's no threat. There's no real threat. Um. And that's another thing. That's that's another thing I'm constantly, you know, racking my brain on. And I think that's why the Bond script I think I'm really excited about is because I think that there is an antagonist that has a history, that has a story, that wants something very, very deeply and desperately and will do everything they can to to achieve it. Um and is an extreme roadblock uh, to James Bond. Um so yeah, that's what I've been thinking a lot about with these characters. You know, what 
why does he delve into these? You know, because traditionally, the again, I, as mentioned earlier, the focus is they're drawn to the dark side because it, it offers them a source of power. You know, for for Anakin, it was he wanted to save Padme, and if he could uncover this this power, the dark side, then he could you know bring back Pad Padme, or you know, but then it starts corrupting him, and then he starts just spiraling down the into into the emotion of of rage and of anguish and of pain and anger um and it kind of it's consuming because that's what those emotions do you know i think that's the biggest thing is when well that that phrase uh seeing red when you see red you don't see anything else the the emotion consumes you and that's why it's so powerful and it's so can be destructive is because it's all consuming and doesn't allow you to think rationally it doesn't allow you to reason it doesn't allow you to take a pause you're just your your energy you're consumed by this 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 force and so um you know, traditionally, when you're drawn to the dark side, so you can have this force. But what is it that you want to accomplish with that force? You know, and and, and some of it, yeah, is probably tied to he wants to save his loved one or his loved ones. But you know, I want it to be a little bit different. You know, because that story has kind of been told already, and I, I want something to, there to be maybe a higher stake, but also a more layered. Um, stake on why you know because in in the scenes that i wrote out um for the short film it's it seemed a lot where he was he was like a wanderer you know just he was you know maybe searching uh for um knowledge about the light side and the dark side maybe he's searching for artifacts maybe he's searching for uh all manner of things to is it to collect power or is it to again something deeper something a little bit more in, more interesting a little bit more um layered because you know if you're just searching for power for power's sake it's that's kind of boring you know that that doesn't really that's not going to be very engaging to an audience i feel like or at least it's not the stories that i want to hear it's not the stories that i want to you know, listen to or watch. Um, that's I'm always kind of constantly thinking about. You know, how is how is the reader or the audience member going to, you know, feel about this or you know, or think about, or if I was an audience member or a reader, uh, what would I think? And because those are some of the questions I have when I'm watching or reading stuff now. And I was like, well, I don't know about that choice. That choice didn't seem very plausible to me or why is why are they doing this like i don't understand why their motivation for this that seems pretty flimsy um so i'm really trying to hone in on that uh with this character and you know give him some some depth some color you know what is what is what is he thinking and so that's the eternal question you know what what does this character want <laughs> and what are the obstacles in this character's way it really is as simple as that. And sometimes, you know, I have to, I have to constantly remind myself and I go back sometimes, you know, I've done that 
multiple times with with other works is just okay x a character wants you know um something super let's make some super basic character wants a hug okay um what can you do to get a hug i can entice somebody to give a hug i can you know beg someone to give me a hug i can um pay somebody to give me a hug you know there's all these these actions you can think about and talk about and then you start throwing okay what are the obstacles why why can't this character get a hug this character can't get a hug because there's nobody around him or this character can't get a hug because this character is uh, coming down with the flu this character can't get a hug because they're a ghost <laughs> this character can't get a hug because they're invisible um and you just start literally just you know it's super simplistic super basic but that's kind of the thing that i try to go through sometimes when i'm stuck or you know i'm breaking down like a story it's like okay this character wants this um you know that's what i'm dealing with right now with my my novel is i've even gotten like gone back and tried to really distill the character wants to find his sister and then start well why does he want to find her because she's lost um you know, he doesn't know what happened or she was taken or she disappeared or, um, so what are the obstacles? He doesn't know where to look or, you know, something even simple. Um, he is trapped or he's dealing with something else. Again, it's again, being very super, uh, super basic, super simplistic, but these, these are the kind of things that I try to think about when I'm going through, you know, scenes or, um, you know, any, any sort of thing that I'm, trying to work on um so yeah uh i don't know if world building was the great topic maybe maybe i kind of got sidetracked a little bit um but i just thought that a lot of times in my opinion and at least from what i have experienced is world building really starts with humanity and with the characters and if you're able to fill the world with these human characters that can be invested in and related to, then your world kind of builds out itself. Your story builds out itself. It tells you the details and you don't have to know all the roles maybe, um, or you do know most of the roles or you may go along and you've kind of had to change the rules a little bit because your story is telling you, um, these things, because again, uh, the anchor I think is towards this these this journey that you're going on with these characters, and because it's tied into a humanity that you already know, you have a history with, so they resonate with you. You respond to them because inherently you feel a connection to them because they are you, and so that's. That's why I, I think that's why it's so important. I think that's what the root of world building is. It's just our humanity. So I appreciate you spending time with me. Thank you so much. Um, I know sometimes these episodes, I can be a little long-winded or a little bit uh, abstract, but I appreciate you spending time with, with me and uh, listening to my dialogues <laughs> and my, my uh, interesting maybe uh, conversations that I have with myself. <laughs> all the time so you've been listening to ruminations on tony's tall tales a production of ruminations radio network 
Take this moment to subscribe, rate, and review our show, and discover more great content by visiting www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. For all of your burning questions and passionate feedback, drop us a line at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.